Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's going on? James Go here with you on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We appreciate you listening. Oh my goodness, we got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to be debating the top 200 fantasy rankings. Speaking of rankings, we got Adam Rank here. Hey! Hey, oh. What's happening? What's up, pal? And the sound you hear is everybody clicking off. Don't put my name in the title, so at least you get the initial <laughs> click. Click. And the, the download. The, the finish rate will be at yeah. about 0%. Okay. But the click in, because yeah. the people will come in because they download enjoy, the, enjoy yeah. the podcast. Give us like, a download. They, they do download it, and then they're like, yeah. oh, my God, not this one. I love it. Uh, Wizkid from Wisconsin. You're, you're by yourself on that one. No, I don't believe I am. I don't, I don't believe so. Uh, you and stepmom Lauren. Uh, fans. <laughs> the, the two. Fans, right. The two. The two. Got him. Any fan of the Danger Zone. <laughs> fan of this podcast. Uh, Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alex Gilhar. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, oh, happy to be here. It's uh, It should be a good show today. Yeah, you I feeling think, good? I think you might refer to it as a big show. A big coming show. Coming up once we get there. Yeah, but, big time uh, show. That's, that's, you know, a tease, as they say in professional parlance. So. Hey, yo. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day. Yeah? I guess. I don't know. I've been outside oh, in a few oh. hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming so. Producer Christina in the building. What's Behind up? the glass, what's going on? Pretty good. How are yeah. you guys? How's that traffic? Terrible. Terrible. So t- it seems Not like good. every street around here has construction. It's that's uh, actually and no true. one knows how to handle construction. That is actually so accurate. It's terrible. It sucks coming. Up. Is there a is there a major American city that is not? Currently 50% under construction. Under construction. <laughs> so like L.A., you know, Dallas when I was there. Every time I go to New York or Chicago, like most American Build cities it up. are perpetually under construction. Build that bad boy up. Build it up. Uh, great show in front of us here today. Again, we're going to be talking about our top 200 fantasy rankings. Uh, Julio Jones has slid considerably. 
We'll talk about why and where we have them in our respective rankings. There are a number of players who, uh, quite honestly, all, the four of us don't necessarily agree on. Jay Ajayi, one of those guys. Aaron Jones, another one of those guys. Uh, Going to be talking about uh, some and debating some rankings throughout today's show. We'll close out with a round of daily daps. But we start your show, as we always do, with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news! We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. News. <laughs> news. All right, let's start in New Orleans. Of course, top headline there, Mark Ingram suspended four games for PEDs. It's, um, what did you do to him, James? <laughs> That's Finally gets his 1,000-yard <laughs> season, and you got to go and do him like this? Wow. I, it, it was a plant. That's why he That's why he appealed. He appealed because he, he was like, hey, listen, this is a James Coe plant. I'm appealing. And the NFL rightly said no. <laughs> no, James is an upstanding employee for our organization. He would deny. never do such a thing. <laughs> deny your that's the quickest appeal ever, by the way. He appealed, and like uh, in 12 hours, like, nah. They just gave him the nah they, wave. They gave him the Dikembe. It's nah. like when your kid nope. tries to play the two parents on each other, and you're just like, nope. Hey, can I? <laughs> nope. Pop, pop, nope. <laughs> don't even finish yep. that sentence. Not even and don't ask me in front of your mother, because the answer <laughs> is I will obviously let you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> but you can't ask me in front of your mother, because now I have to put out a yeah, show like, no, I, no just... I will never undermine your mother's authority. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till she leaves the room, <laughs> girl. Mark Ingram suspended four games, PEDs. All right, so let's ask, let's talk about Alvin Kamara for a second here. All right, so is he a clear-cut bell cow, or should we expect another running back? Will Sean Payton roll in another running back? Uh, Jonathan Williams, maybe, who's on the uh, on the roster. Boston Scott, who they drafted. A great name, by the way. Boston, Boston, Boston Scott. Scott's pretty good. That's a great that name. That just sounds like Love a sports it. radio caller. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's hey, Boston this Scott. Is, hey there, uh, this is Boston Scott. <laughs> ah, the Sharks last night were horrible. <laughs> I hate that Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> uh, Boston Scott, rookie running back from Louisiana Tech. He ran a 4-4-40. Has a 39-inch vertical. Pretty good athlete. Is that fast enough for you? Uh, pretty fast. Good athlete. Little, little on the smallish side. I think he's like 205 pounds or something like that. But uh, regardless, uh, you know, Sean Payton is known to mix in a number of running backs into his running game. But that being said, I don't think he's ever had a talent the level of Alvin Kamara. So here's the question. Is Alvin Kamara going to be the clear-cut workhorse guy? First four games of the season. Alex Gailhart, what say you? My gut says no. My gut purely, says no, too. Purely because he's too important to the team as a whole, and they're not going to want to start out the year for those four games saddling him with 25 to 30 touches a game. He'll still get plenty of work because he's such a dynamic force in that offense. But right. uh, I think uh, Jonathan Williams is probably the odds-on favorite to play at least a bootleg version of the Mark Ingram role. He was a very talented guy coming out of Arkansas. Big had boy. some off-field troubles and some injuries that led to him falling in the draft and then getting cut from the Bills who initially drafted him. However, uh, his former uh, position coach at the University of Arkansas, Joel Thomas, is the Saints running back coach too right Ooh. now. So Connecting little, the dots. A little bit of a connection there. Yes. He's, he's a bigger guy, kind of fits more of the Mark Ingram mold. mold. That's great. Uh, he's somebody that we're certainly going to have to watch in uh, the preseason and training camp to see if he does kind of edge out 
uh, the rest of the competition there and slide into the 1B or even 2 to Camara's 1A. Investigative like reporter Alex Gelhar giving us the dots to connect. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what do you think is going to happen in the Saints' backfield? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of with Alex on this one. I mean, the, the thing I noticed is that one time, only one time in Alvin Kamara's post-football, uh, post-high school football Post-high school. So this is going had, back to Tennessee. So, so Tennessee and then his rookie year in the NFL. Yeah. Only once in that stretch? Once. Did he ever have 20 touches in a game? 20 touches? 20. 20. He's only, he's only gotten to 20 touches once. I don't, you know, I didn't. I That's was amazing. Able, I was able to look up his high school numbers, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. Maybe it happened a lot in high school. I don't know. But he did. Um, it was uh, 2016 against Texas A&M. He ended up with 26 touches. He went bananas that day, by the way. He went. He had like a, I think like 127 rushing and like 160 receiving Go or something like that. I think Go that's, get what, it. that's what uh, Sean Sullivan dreams about as, right. as he falls asleep <laughs> every Basically. night. Um, <laughs> so, about that game. That's so, you know, I, I, I don't see a situation where they're going to load him up that first four weeks. I do think his touch numbers go up. Like last yeah. year, I think he averaged something like 12 and a half touches per game. God, I can see that. Nothing. It really is. Uh, but I, I can yeah. see that number going up to about, you know, 15 to 17 at some point. I but mean, down, yeah. down the stretch, he got 19, uh, well, 19 opportunities, 21 opportunities, and 16 opportunities in terms of carries and so, targets. Those yeah, are weeks 14, 15, 16. Carries and targets. And then prior to that, the 14 most he was he hurt, has, though, right? Uh, four, I don't know. He had, he had 19. Or maybe that wasn't weeks 14. No, those were 14, 15, 16. He might, they might have sat on week 17. Was it the Redskins? Uh, something like that. I'm looking at Pro Football Reference, and I think sometimes their numbers don't match up with the corresponding week if they missed a game or whatever. But needless well, to say, down the go. stretch, uh, he was he was getting used in the 15 to 20. We go to our rate. resident Adel Alvin Kamara lover, huh. Adam Wright. Ah, uh, this this greatly impacted my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go in and do some work, and the, the team here was was working overtime because I crunching moved, the numbers moved him all the way up. To RB one, uh huh, from up from RB one. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was already. Uh, Man, that must have taken you a long time in the, in the coding and change, changing all of the the numbers and things like I that. I had, well, I had a researcher do it for me. Oh, okay. So I was like, I, I don't do that. <laughs> um, no, I'm still. I, I agree with everything that we're all saying. Is yeah. I don't think that he's going to become this thirty. Touch. 30 carry guy. No, I, I think, yeah. but the touches are just going to increase. He had two, uh, close to 200. It's right around the 200 mark uh, from last year. I think it was 100. He had 80 receptions, so it would have been around 120 Tracy. carries. And I think that's just going to gradually increase, not greatly, mm -hmm. but enough. And I know that a lot of people, it's funny listening to everybody. We should get, I want to, I haven't listened to JJ's podcast yet because I feel like I'm on the verge of, 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 of flame warming him. Boring. <laughs> okay. If anybody remembers message boards, it was Twitter before. Yeah. Whatever, and you 100%. can have more characters and be like, you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Um. So I want to know, but I, I I do think that there's um, people are afraid of him because he was so good last year. They're like, well, he's too good. I I I can never trust him. You're like, I I I sort of get that, but I think that his usage is going to go up enough. Let, let's say that his – You're talking about the efficiency numbers. His efficiency yeah, numbers efficiency were so They're insane. It's good. Yeah. That's what insane. I want. I want an efficient player. No, no, I get it. And I understand, I it. I like, it. it's it's a it's a tall order to yeah. to, 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 to maintain those. Right. But if he lost three touchdowns but had 20 more receptions, mm -hmm. that's more points. Yeah. Like, he would actually be increasing yeah, he his fantasy points. So, I think that at some point he's going to have – Similar p 
point totals, which okay. last year put him in the RB3 category in PPR, RB4 in standard leagues. That right. I feel that they're going to devise better ways of getting him the football. Uh, Sean Payton's not going to waste him just having him pound the ball between the tackles a lot. But they're just going to find more ways to get him the football. And, and, and with the guys that they brought in, I don't think that there is anybody who's going to take stuff away from him. They don't have that right. big – tight end presence which for years when they got near the goal line that's what they would do they throw the ball to jimmy graham uh, or even marcus colston back right. in the day but now that their guy is going to be camara and i feel that that's where he's still going to be a pretty safe option for you in your fantasy leagues and i understand and i think that with most of us and i don't mean to jump into the top 200 conversation right now but it's hard not to. i'm really not mad at anybody who's like i would like david johnson i'm like okay that's cool like to draft him like i'm not i don't want to make you do something you don't want to do it's like <laughs> trying to convince like, <laughs> like my neighbor always wants to convince me to go to marvel movies and i'm like i'm just not interested okay don't don't spend your time trying to convince me otherwise although i did see it and it was okay fine. okay good. um <laughs> i um but i just the thing was, at the end, I just didn't care. I started laughing. I'm like, <laughs> I wow. hate all these people. Wow. Um, but wow. anyways, spoiler okay. alert, okay, by the spoiler. way. Okay, spoiler Okay. But I feel pretty comfortable. But I do think that uh, it's – the thing that I find most hilarious is, like, if you weren't into Camara before, yeah. you're like, oh, no way, I wouldn't touch this guy. The fact that Mark Ingram's missing four games shouldn't change your mind. That's the thing. It's, it's only the offense four is going to be the Is same. that true? They're going to – because, I mean, if you're missing four games. If I mean, they don't – listen, if they don't bring in – The number one re- – I think there's two reasons why people are concerned Somebody about- will take Ingram's role, like, and it's not going to be Kamara. Okay. Kamara's going to be doing the same thing. It's like it's, it's like if Dan ha- – this, this will be a bad example. But, like, if, uh, but like if somebody – if Dan Helley, you know, was gone for a month from the NFL host Network, of Total Access. The host of Total Access, in case you've ever seen it. It's not like I'm going to go host TA for four weeks. I'm still going to be doing the same stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got you. I think, uh, so I think that's the same thing that's going to happen. Here. I got before you. we move on, we should a- yeah. address where to draft Ingram now, though, because he misses the first four weeks. And it's one of those situations where we've had with these possible suspensions at the beginning of the year where misses four weeks. They have one get they have a game in week five by week, week six. Yep. So legitimately in the first eight weeks of the season, you're getting Ingram like three times. For a point of reference. Three times. Last year, if we're going all the way weeks one through 17, Mark Ingram in PPR uh, was your RB6. He averaged 17.4 PPR points per game. Alvin Kamara, 19.7 PPR points per game. That was good for the RB3, again, weeks one through 17. So it's not as if Mark Ingram is a guy that is – cast to the scrap heap um you know again he's going to miss four games but again it's a great question where where the hell do you take uh a guy like mark ingram i think he falls down into i haven't adjusted my top 200 yet but he's got to fall down into the uh somewhere in that that mid-tier range with a bunch of or like not even mid like later round range with a lot of the guys in in more full-fledged committees because you're just not going to get to use them forever Mm mm-hmm and I also be, and I, I guess there will be a lot of question marks too. What will his role be if Alvin Kamara takes the lead and is just a, a dominant force? I mean, can they really go back and say, well, look, you guys are going to split this up, you know, one A, one B style? I, it, it's hard to imagine that would be the case. I mean, right now I was just, I was just scrolling through my my top two hundred, and I think I might put him somewhere in the uh, 
maybe it'd be as low as in like the the 90s to the 100s and beyond range in my Ooh. top 200. Right now I have him at 41. I would jump. Well, I had him very high before the suspension, but yeah. if yeah. I'm not getting him for that long, and as you said, there is questionable volume usage once he comes back as right. they're you know, potentially phasing him out. And that's been part of the reporting, too, is that the team wanted to get Kamara as the featured back anyways. So a lot of questions on a guy you're not going to get. You're going to get to use once in the first six weeks of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I I dropped him right now. He's sitting at at 59 overall. I think I've got him at RB25. Um, I I still think he comes back to a decent-sized workload in an offense that's going to still move the ball and put up points. Yeah, Um, yeah, it it sucks that you're not going to have him for a month. But – you know, I still think that puts him on par with any number of other committee backs that you know that we're talking about. Just because I think the the opportunity is still going to be there for him. I think uh, as I'm rationalizing all this in my all of this in my head right now, I would yeah. probably that why I put him that low is because in that four to five week span before you're even using Ingram, there's a good chance one of these other committee backs could assert himself and take over the lead role. I hear what you. I'd mean. rather have you know two extra shots at that guy than Mark Ingram with all the risk of him coming back being phased out yada 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 whereas you know if you take a guy like somebody from the Colts backfield or Lions backfield or the Browns backfield and they end up in that first month of the season right becoming the guy there you go all right let's move and on. it's uh, yeah, no, go ahead. a couple of things uh I know Alex and I have talked about this uh just in our cubes the other day about knowing the people that you draft with if you are in a league that notoriously doesn't draft rookies mm. and but somebody like Ingram will go ahead and you know you can go because I'm looking at, at my list right now and looking at guys like Royce Freeman and Darius Geis and everything right. like I if I'm drafting with you guys I'm going to take the rookies first know how knowing how you feel about Mark Ingram but try to get the temperature of the room and right. try to figure out like well, what's going to happen because I know in my league of record that once a guy gets suspended like this nobody touches him Nobody. Oh, does is that it. right? Because Le'Veon Bell, when he was suspended like, for like two games, people didn't draft him for like the first <laughs> sixty rounds. Like it was crazy. <laughs> so, ap- so this is. I got you. This is probably more important to any of these conversations. Is know what your know friends are going to do, what yeah, they're going to the do, room. and also if I can uh, bring in a little bit of breaking news. Yes, please. Uh, our own Steve White has reported that the Saints have no plans to sign a veteran free agent running back i know that i had seen something on a on a different network and i won't take a shot at any of our rivals or any other reporter okay or anything like that but i just happened to notice it on the gym and it caught my eye and and they're the the bot the teaser going to break was like what who who could the saints bring in i'm like mm. that's interesting who could the saints bring in <laughs> and so i'm sitting maybe there. they bring in adrian peterson that was <laughs> i'm like demarco murray i'm like uh, no because that worked out no. so well the first time <laughs> adrian peterson and i had to scramble i had to go run to one of the treadmills and plug in my headphones okay just to like, see what, what's happening yes we got to move on. We've spent like 20 minutes on Ingram and Kamara here. But this is the biggest. But this yeah. is what everybody. It is a big story. But uh, we've got a lot else to stuff tough stuff to talk about. C.J. Anderson, like this, Gold Bears, signed with the Carolina Panthers. All right. So, um, I and again, I don't think there's a, a lot of folks clamoring to go get C.J. Anderson. That being said, I think he's somewhere in the top 100 in, in most people's minds. But where does he go? I guess he goes to Carolina. But how does it impact? Um, more importantly, how does it impact Christian McCaffrey? Because a lot of folks were extremely high 
on CMC uh, after the draft, and now you know they make this late signing with C.J. Anderson going to Carolina. MG, my guy Marcus Grant, your thoughts on the impact on Run CMC? So when, when they they made the signing uh, of C.J. Anderson, I knocked I knocked McCaffrey down, and as we sit here right now, as I'm you know kind of revising my top 200, I've got him at RB 17, but. Okay. I'm inclined to push him back up because I don't know really that it changed. You know, it's a lot like Rank talking about, you know, Mark Ingram not being there and the right. Dan Helley, you know, uh, analogy. I, I think it's kind of the same. It's like, well, okay, C.J. Anderson definitely right now is a better player than Jonathan Stewart was. I don't think there's any argument about that. But he's still going to kind of do that. He's going to fill that same role. And Christian McCaffrey is going to be the same, fill the same role he did last year. Uh, but – it could be sort of like a Camara thing where they want to feature him a little bit more than they have in the past now that he's kind of gotten a year under his belt. So, yeah, yeah. after thinking about it and, you know, huffing into a, a paper bag for a little bit, I realized <laughs> that maybe, it, you know, things aren't quite as dire as we all thought they were when they first signed CJA. CMC was a top 10 PPR running back last year, averaging just about 14 points per game. Not bad. You know, not great. Not bad either. I think he was definitely a usable piece, uh, certainly in PPR. I, I don't. I, 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 I agree with MJ. I'm not sure his role changes too much, um, given the CJ Anderson signing. Although uh, I, I guess less red. I mean, same, I guess it would be the same usage in the red zone, right? Yeah. Well, CJ and or uh, I think JJ Zacharias and uh, has pointed this out, uh, who Rank was mentioning earlier. But Jonathan Stewart was actually like frequently used a in, lot in the red zone and at the five yard line last right. year, and they <laughs> want. A power back. They don't typically want to rely on Cam as their power back. He's great to have to I mean, score when they need him. Even having a power back back there is what allows Cam to leak out. And right, get exactly. Those easy rushing scores. And anyway. here's a good thing: Harmon at the end of uh, the season was diving deep into the next gen stats and putting together a lot of top ten lists. And one of them was the top ten most elusive running backs. C.J. Anderson came in on that list from last year at number ten, yeah. averaging nearly four yards after a defender closed within one yard. That's on. right which was really good, and that was a metric that both Jonathan Stewart and McCaffrey performed poorly in last year. I think, for me, what this does is Anderson was way down at the bottom of the barrel as a free agent, not knowing where he was going to land. He was kind of right. an RB purgatory. I'd, I'd probably slide McCaffrey down a little bit more towards – I mean, PPR, he certainly gets a boost because he's going to catch a ton of passes. But him, like RB20-ish, and maybe CJ Anderson somewhere in the RB30s, I think Anderson might have – uh, usable, especially in standard, like uh, flex appeal on a regular basis, especially with the touchdown upside. I don't hate it, man. I don't hate it whatsoever. All right, Jason. I thought that was a pretty good signing for them. It just hurts the Sorry. the huge breakout potential of McCaffrey that everybody I, is kind of starting to get on board with because you're like, man, if his rushing upticks and he's still got the passing work, and now Anderson comes in. So I mean, he I'm had all of 117 carries last year. Which yes, is, which is not great. And he wasn't great running between the tackles. He improved down the stretch. Like he was certainly getting better as they were getting towards the playoffs. But we'll have to see uh, what you know which version shakes out this year. Frank, all good. All good. I agree with what everybody said. <laughs> All right, there you go. Let's talk about Jason Witten. He announced his retirement. Um, a great career, no question about it. <laughs> it was just, it, it was a little silly though, watching the whole procession go on. I mean, it was like a royal wedding. I mean, it was he was it's a little, he was walking oh, he, wasn't, he, he was walking down this aisle for he, like 15 minutes. Wait, I, th oh, I thought he announced his candidacy for governor <laughs> of uh, tech of Texas. He played. He, he looked very uh, elderly statesman for sure, no question about it. But I, I mean, uh, the procession was a little ridiculous. I mean, 
this this has happened actually it reminded me a couple of times with you right the procession seemed a little crazy but yeah. it came at a time where there was not a lot of nfl news and it was a player who's been around a long time who's Playing a fan for a favorite for for a big franchise right. like yeah. When Donald Driver retired after the Packers won the Super Bowl, they went live to his whole thing on NFL Network. ESPN was on it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Donald Driver, very, very good player. One of my all-time favorite sure. Packers. Not a whole. Not going to make the Hall of Fame no. or anything like that. He barely played in the Super Bowl because he was injured. So, but like, did they did they film him walking from the entryway of the stadium for fifteen? They minutes filmed like him driving up to Lambeau oh, yeah. for the ceremony, James. <laughs> yeah, so like, take it, that, it Jason. Was the, Let's it go. Was, it was the perfect <laughs> fever pitch for Jason Witten. And for the record, I Jason Witten's a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, obviously. First ballot, Is no he? question. First ballot? First ballot? First no ballot? Question? Okay, fine. He's not a first ballot. I think nobody's first, a first I think he's ballot. first ballot. Wait a minute. I mean, there's like no first ballot guy. I had Tom this, Brady. That's See, this is the thing. I was at Dunkin' Donuts when this news came out, and this okay. Cowboys fan was like, he's one of the best. I'm like, he's not better than Antonio Gates. No, he's not. Then why is he in the Hall of Fame? You have to draw the line at some point. Wait, what? Why can't both guys be in the Hall of Fame? Because you, how many tight ends do you do you want? There you aren't that in? many in there right now. There's plenty. Witten is fourth <laughs> all time in the NFL in receptions I forever. I don't understand what you're saying. He played and he forever. played at a high level forever. Do you ever watch and think like I gotta watch Jason Witten and the Cowboys play today? Yeah, I, whenever I, he played the Giants because he'd eviscerate <laughs> them. <laughs> not, not even a Just little bit. Just book it. Okay, this that Monday night, that all, Monday night game use, every year, Cowboys Giants. Okay, listen. And second you, of all, don't you, you use book it. The heel. Stop playing the heel. Let's go back to fantasy. Talk to me about Rico Gathers Let because me tell you let's. Let, I, I'm tired of get you playing to Rico the heel. Antonio I'm tired Gates of it. Uh, yes, he is better. Tony Gonzalez was. better. Yes, they're in the Hall of Fame. Sterling Sharp was better. Okay. Greg Olson was better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how? At what point do you draw the line? Is Greg, like, Greg Olson's hey, better than Jason Wynn. He's better than. Oh my God, we're getting way, Kyle way far afield. <laughs> So, of Way course, he's field. in the Hall of Fame. Well, you just it's stop. so ridiculous. No. Just because he played for the Cowboys and he's a super nice guy. Uh, but I don't, And I don't mean this in a bad way, but I not everybody the, gets to be in the oh Hall boy, of Fame. Here we go. Here it we should go. be All an right. exclusive club. Can you talk so, to me about Rico Gathers? No. For the love of God. I don't care about Okay, Rico great. Gathers. Does anybody care about Rico <laughs> Gathers or can we move? I think there's going to be a tight end competition here. They have a lot of young athletic guys. Look, they have nobody we, to throw to, man. they got to throw to somebody. I, I imagine Dak Prescott will utilize his tight end. He has to. We just have to see which one is going to come out atop the pecking order. Yeah. Rico gathers. Gathers, Blake Jarwin, Jeff Swaim. Like, they have a little competition going on there. Jeff Swaim is still on that team? Yeah. He's not, back, not that old. Bring back Escobar. But he's also not good. Okay. Bring back Escobar? Yeah. <laughs> that experiment didn't really work. Yeah, come on. Where's he at now? Tampa Bay? He's somewhere. Uh, Denver? Somewhere. somewhere. Uh, the Saints cut Kobe Flanner. We'll go back to New Orleans. Saints cut Kobe Flanner. All of Famer first ballot. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it makes 37-year-old Ben Watson the possible starter there three seasons ago as a Saint. Ben Watson, as a starter, had 110 targets, 74 receptions, 825 yards, and six touchdowns. That's in a single season. Uh, Jacob, sorry. Ben Watson. You're not happening. You are doing this segment of the podcast wrong. Okay. This is when you start shoveling coal into the engine of the Josh Hill hype train. Oh. That's that's what happens every year at this time that the Josh Hill hype train begins. Marcus, that, that train has been derailed as <laughs> has Moss and Ivy growing up the side <laughs> at this point. I don't think I think that that was a great season for Ben Watson. It was. It was amazing. Fantasy. Yeah. The offense has changed since then. Sure. I mean, their tight ends, Josh Hill, you know, and his, uh, his stalled train <laughs> and Kobe Fleener combined for a whopping 52 targets last right. year. Remember when Kobe Fleener got a goal line carry a couple years ago? Oh, don't my God. Like did they, re- they, they really didn't. Did he actually didn't... score it there? 
Yeah, he scored. They, he scored they, they so badly two, did two not want ago. to give the ball to Mark Ingram that two they years, gave it years to Kobe Fleener. Amazing. Uh, I don't think this is like Kobe Fleener getting cut, not a big surprise. They saved cap room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Watson being there, they didn't address the position really aside from him in free no. agency or the draft. I think 37. They, and they went and added Cameron Meredith too. So like if anybody's going to eat into the extra targets okay. from Mark Ingram and his 71 being gone, it's going to be somebody like Meredith or, you know. Just wanted to clear it up because yeah, I mean, no, prior, to, prior to last season, you know, people were, you know, relatively thirsty for a Saints tight end. You know what I mean? For a long time, it was a very valuable position, but they've switched their offense. All right, there you go. Let's get into the top 200, shall we? Uh, do, we have, do we have a vanity for this yet? No. Well, I think f- top 200 goes to Fabiano's, and then all of ours are tabbed within oh, that. Tabbed so that. Okay, well, you can get all of them at NFL.com slash top 200. A lot of trends, a lot of interesting rankings, no doubt about it. And, 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 and again, I, I do want people to take a little bit of a breath here because, I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, we're in May. We're going we're gonna to change these bad boys up um, as news and stuff happens. But regardless, you know, this is kind of our initial offerings on our respective <laughs> top 200s, and every single person in this room uh, has laid out there fantasy rankings for their top 200 players so far so far uh one of the the major themes here is that julio jones to me has slid considerably uh adams has either passed him straight away or certainly closed the gap um i'm not saying julio jones is going to be a fifth round guy but we are seeing him being ranked somewhere in the middle to the end of the second round in a lot of people's top 200s, and that doesn't seem to sit well with a lot of fans who still consider Julio Jones to be one of the top wide receivers in the game. But for fantasy, Julio Jones, why has he slid, do you think? Uh, Does he deserve top 10 consideration? Uh, Do we have him too high, too low? Adam Rank, what say you? I feel a lot of people just look at the the Madden ratings and see a, a, a physical player like Julio Jones should be dominating the NFL, but Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense have different ideas. Thanks a lot, Sark. Of what they want to do, <laughs> and they just don't utilize them. And I think that um, this is something that Matt Harmon often talks, talks about as well, is that the NFL is getting away from number one wide receivers, similarly to the way that they got rid of uh, number one running backs. And they're just spreading the ball around the field and, and going to a guy situationally. And so back in the, you know, the early 2000s or late 90s where you'd have teams that would have a superstar or who they deem as their superstar wide receiver, and that guy was going to get pummeled with targets up and down the field and especially in the red zone. The Falcons have other ideas, and so it's disappointing, and I think it's hard for a lot of people when they go into drafts is to kind of look at it that way, as that Julio Jones is a great player and I enjoy watching him. No doubt. But uh, the Falcons are just going to care about winning, which is stupid. I mean, none of us, none of us have buried him. His lowest ranking is 17 overall out of the top. I think 200. that's still. I, I agree with you, but I mean, we're talking about a guy for the past three seasons easily has been a top eight player uh, in fantasy. Right. So I think, I mean, even a slide down to 16, 18. That's. I mean, a couple of us have a lot of 12, a lot of folks feel like that's pretty low. A lot of folks are crazy. But the problem is the guys that (laughs) are going ahead of him simply uh, just have higher touchdown upside. Like Julio Jones is a rock solid safe pick in the back end of the first round, second round, because the dude's had over 1400 yards and 80 plus receptions in each of the last three years. You know, he's going to get you those consistent points on a regular basis if it's like PPR. Yeah. The trouble is he has not been a great red zone threat. He's not hype, super targeted there. Whereas a guy like Devontae Adams just put up double-digit touchdowns with Brett Hundley throwing him the ball. <laughs> you know, DeAndre Hopkins finally has a quarterback, and he was setting the world on fire last right. year. 
Odell Beckham is is a generational talent and, and should have plenty of options. And then on the flip side, a guy like maybe uh, Michael Thomas or, or Keenan Allen being ahead of him too, yep. those are guys that seem like locks for 100-plus catches. Yeah. So that's an extra 20-some points over Julio in the, the spread-it-out offense. So I don't think it's an indictment of him. It's just a more – Realistic assessment of his value. No doubt. Uh, last year, again, uh, we're, if we're talking about actual raw numbers here, uh, Julio Jones averaged 15.7 PPR points per game. It was just 0.7 more than Adam Thielen, um, which obviously it was also a roller coaster ride. <laughs> oh my God! Way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're talking, you know, less than three, you know, 20 spot here. Then he's got like that old uh, 12, 253, two game. Right. Like you know, you're like, well, the what the hell's going on here? Yeah, no, it's yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster, and the touchdowns just certainly just were not there, and they just really haven't been. They really haven't been uh, throughout his entire career. All right, let's talk about quarterback Deshaun Watson versus Aaron. Rogers, y'all cra- y'all crazy. There are two no, of no, us no, here. Not, not, wait, oh, there are two of us here. More than one person here. There now. are two of us here that have Deshaun Watson. Well, I'm looking at that at the end of the uh, V desk here. One ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I knew it felt warmer on that other side of the table, didn't? Yeah, it? normally <laughs> it's kind of brisk in here, but uh, <laughs> my hands are clammy in, today in the studio. The world famous Danger Zone tag team has Deshaun Watson ranked ahead of Aaron Rodgers um, as the QB1. And I'm not going to speak for Adam Rank. I know he's super hyper on Deshaun Watson. I'd love to get his take on it too. Um, But I have him there mostly because of, you know, when we saw him play, this guy was an otherworldly talent. Now, that being said, I get that Aaron Rodgers, when he is healthy, now that's the big key, when he is healthy, is either the QB1 or the QB2 um, pretty much every single season. Should, should I tell him or should you? Now, yeah. hold on now. Now, hold We're, on now. Yeah, hold well, let's on see. Now. Let's see. <laughs> Maybe he'll address it. <laughs> now, hold on. Less regression. Not thinking regression here. What I am thinking, though, is uh, double collarbone break um, is not an injury that can – it's an injury that will rear its ugly head again and again and again, as we've seen, versus the timing of the ACL injury for Deshaun Watson, which I get. But it happened in the middle of the season. Uh, the usual recovery for that is somewhere, you know, again, somewhere in that nine-month range, which would put him right at the beginning of the season. I think that Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career is actually more injury-prone than Deshaun Watson. That's just my that's just my take. And it's not and I'm not saying I'm not burying Aaron Rodgers. I mean I still got Aaron Rodgers at QB two and they're ranked very similarly. I just have Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you're not first, you're last. So basically, you're saying that Aaron Rodgers is the worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> that's, that's exactly you heard right. it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, tell us why, um, Alex Gilhart. Tell us uh, the, the the resident Green Bay guy. Tell us why Danger Zone is wrong. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. Also, the double collarbone break, they've been both sides. He didn't re-injure the same collarbone twice. Uh, and the f- he came back and played all right in that in that first game against Carolina. He's going to have a whole other year of rehab. Mm-hmm. He's also, uh, like, less susceptible to taking hits. He's older. He's wiser. His offensive line is decent. He's got good weapons around him. And, I mean, as you said, every y- only one year where he's played, I think, 15-plus games has he not finished as the QB1 or QB2. And that QB7. was – seven. Yeah, that was the sky has fallen. <laughs> is the Packers offense broken? Right. What has happened? Yep. Rodgers was the QB7. Still the QB7. So like, there's just pretty good. The odds are he'll play. He'll play most of the season again. I mean, if we yeah. just take health out of the equation, and you want the guy that's attached to the 
the better overall, higher scoring offense that's done it before. He's got his old coordinator back in Joe Philbin. They added Jimmy Graham. A tight end is a key to Mike McCarthy's offense. It's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy talk. Counterpoint, Adam Ray. No, I I I agreed with the, a lot of what you were saying, and I I I, I ask anybody who had Deshaun Watson last year, and ask yourself, would you have won your league if he had played? If Deshaun Watson had played the whole year. Right. At, especially at the pace he was going to. And I think most people would agree that they would have. I know some people did, and they're like, I still won my league. Okay, fine. Okay. Congratulations. But That's I think good. a lot of people, when you look at your team, and if you lost Deshaun, I, I have four leagues that I, I won one and I lost three of them, where it's like, if I had Deshaun Watson on this team, it's no doubt. So no doubt I had released all my quarterbacks. He was the only guy I had. I wasn't, you know, didn't have anybody else on the bench. And I am uh, just going to take the guy who uh, whose career is ascending. I understand he's coming off a knee injury. These these guys are all – like every quarterback is susceptible to injury. He at least seems that he knows how to take a bump. That's one of the things with Rodgers. He doesn't look like he knows how to take a bump. He's also a smaller guy. Yeah, it's like – how is it like you – Watson's smaller than Rodgers. But he's – I don't want to say – I don't know. I just – Also, the same thing you're saying. If Watson had been held the whole season, would you have won your league? Same crap for Rodgers. I don't think Rodgers is in that category. Oh, I don't think Rodgers at – no way. I've got I've got Deshaun Watson. Wait, wait, wait. Who is better? Like, who is a better fantasy quarterback when they're both playing at the height of their powers? Deshaun Watson was better. Well – Maybe what? it's maybe it's just cosmetically or it just looked more enjoyable or anything because it's insufferable to watch – Rogers play. <laughs> <laughs> All the truth comes out. Such All so, the truth comes so out. Adam Rank has gone full heel today. I, I'm not, oh, here I we go. It's in real talk. Like I'm, oh, I'm here not, we go now. You're very biased. You're one side. <laughs> I'm All right. giving an I, objective you know opinion. What? I can see how it's <laughs> insufferable when Rogers completes 70% of his passes with four touchdowns oh, against the Bears. Yep, that's, that's rough. He can't oh. maintain. That's not, well, that's not going to happen this time. Yeah, so, okay. As much as I, I appreciate you two being very aspirational about <coughs> Deshaun Watson this right. year, Fair. he had six starts. He had True. six starts that he played at an ex- at an insanely high efficiency level. Right. That is – man, that's, that's, that's asking a lot for him to come back without having a – he doesn't even have 16 NFL games under – he didn't even have a half NFL season under his belt yet. Yeah. And you're projecting him as the QB1. <laughs> Seems like QB one. I got him. It's QB six. You guys, you're saying when, when you guys when you lay it out that way, it does seem like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like he doesn't even have a half <laughs> NFL season under his. He has six starts, seven yeah. seven appearances altogether. All right, let me let me go back though. This is and and, and this is why um, this is why we've got Deshaun Watson here as the QB one. When he played weeks two through six, all right, this is when he was the clear cut starter here. Two through six, Deshaun Watson per game, per game was the number one scoring quarterback in the game. Twenty six point one fantasy points per game this is with four point passing touchdowns if you have a six point pass to forget about it this guy was absolutely murdering lineups Aaron Rodgers in that span weeks two through six 18.2 fantasy points per game as well and I'm not saying I'm not saying that that would again obviously there's ebbs and flows throughout the entire season we're looking at one quarter of a season I get it but man Standard score. It was lead. it was a great quarter of a season. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Points per game. Also, James. What? James. In you as the, as the prophet of the six four. Yeah. Sean Watson also had seven interceptions in that okay. span. Okay. All right. That's minus twenty eight points. And he, and he is turnover prone. That's that's what, what what was one of the things coming out of Clemson was that he liked to throw that interception every. Like now I said, again. I got him as QB six. Okay. 
I, I think he's going to be fantastic. QB1 just – man, I, I mean, I, I do yoga. QB6. That's, that's a hell of a stretch. QB6 seems low, though. Come on. What do you got? We got Aaron Rodgers. What do you got? Uh, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, Tom Brady, Car- Carson Wentz. Do not. You know what? I have Wentz just below, just because I'm not sure. He says he's going to play Week One, but I'm not. I'm not yeah. sold. Okay. All right. Is he going to beat out Foles? <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on? No, I just I'm just asking the question. Royce Freeman from Oregon, the rookie running back, now in the Denver backfield. His rankings all over the place. Uh, 31, 101, 67. Wait, who has him 101? I do. I think I have him 31. No, wait, I think Adam Rink has him. Do you have him 31? I don't Probably. know. Probably. That I'm, sounds I'm, like I me. Know. I, don't know what to, I don't know what I'm doing here. Maybe I have him 31. But Royce Freeman there in Denver. Um, let, let's talk about where he, I guess, we'll start with you, um, well, Alex. Uh, why do you got him there at 101? I have him at 101, and I broke up my rankings into tiers. And yeah. right now, Royce Freeman falls into the Fox Mulder, I want to believe, tier. Okay. Because I... Everything you're hearing, yes, he could come in. He could be the featured guy. They want him to be that. Yeah. I want, I'll want. i bump him up much higher once we get closer to the season, and okay. that becomes a reality. All right. But right it. now, they've got a bunch. He's their highest pick at, at uh, round three. Devontae Booker was a round four pick, who they were all very high on. D'Angelo Henderson is there. He's a pick they were all very high on. Let's just see. Let's. Okay. That's all I'm saying with Royce Freeman right now, doing these drafts. I feel much better about some of these other rookie, rookie running backs that seem to have a much clearer path to the starting job. Right. Not doubting Royce's talent or that he could do it, but right yeah. now I'm skeptical. So I want to I wanna get a little closer, see how that backfield depth chart is shaking out. Adam Rank. I mean, there, I agree, but there's a lot of teams that have the the same issues. I, if you're talking about path to, to being the starter, I pretty much assume he's going to be the starter unless something horrific happens. Um I'll adjust, but when you look at some of the other running backs, like Darius Geis is obviously going to cede third down work to Chris Thompson. Right. Uh, Rashad Penny still got a battle with Chris Carson. I anticipate Rashad Penny fight being the starter there, but I like Denver's offense and their offensive line a little bit more than I like Seattle's at this point. Well, you're going to so, like anyone in the NFL's offensive line more than Seattle. I mean, it, it seems that way. <laughs> so I, I feel comfortable just Busted. stabbing. I mean, like that's the one thing. It's like I want to take risks and i know people the the dudes who leave comment not my mentions because i haven't read my mentions. okay good <laughs> yeah. uh but leave comments about like this guy does it he's gonna finish that's like i will take risks i will take crazy risks i would rather have royce freeman okay with the potential of having a breakout rookie year on a pretty good offense with a quarterback who knows how to hand off the ball <laughs> over <laughs> over LaShawn right. over LaShawn McCoy who's going to be playing with a quarterback Man. who's going to be overmatched and throwing him bounce, bounce passes Interesting. like he's the second coming of, of Donovan McNabb Hey no 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 he's going to start with AJ McCarron he knows oh, he knows how to hand off the ball Hey yeah baby uh, uh, I, w- I was just going to say, uh, Darius Geis, uh, as far as the offense, too, I feel much better about him and his offense than I do with uh, Royce just because they traded for Alex Smith. They've got weapons on the outside. That, that offense has been has been humming, and all they've been missing is like a pseudo-feature back that they've been searching for for years. They said they would have taken Geis in the first round, got him in the second. I feel much more comfortable with Geis than Freeman. I got both point. of them right there. They're right next to each other. I'll, 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 we, we love talking about, you know, connecting dots sometimes, but, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because the Denver offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave, um, he actually coached under Chip Kelly yeah. uh, for a season there in Philadelphia, and he's brought spread concepts um, ever since his time, you know, coaching with, with Chip. So 
I imagine that Denver will be bringing some spread concepts. Bill Musgrave also brought some spread concepts to Oakland as well, modernize their offense a little bit. I think he'll do a similar job here with Denver. Royce Freeman, as we mentioned, comes from that Oregon system. He knows the spread. There's a little bit of a connection there. I think he'll be able to at least pick up uh, the playbook, you would hope, a lot easier and quicker than some other rookies going into foreign um, you know, uh, offensive systems. That's the one reason why I'm a little bit worried about Darius Geis. He's going to be playing a lot from shotgun. He never did that, really, uh, at LSU, and that's my one major concern. And also, Jay Gruden, too. It's I love the offensive mind, but... Arena football. How much emphasis has he ever put on the run game? Not much. Not much. Mm-hmm. So that's that. those would be my one concern. He's wanted to, uh, but Matt Jones is just fumbling away. I was going to say, <laughs> there, when you don't have the opportunity. And, S- and Samaj P. Ryan, your boy, got like two yards of carry. And, and Rob Kelly got injured. That. There was also uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, Rojo. The rankings between the four of us here. 29, 30. What's his nickname? The Texas Tesla? The Texas Tesla. The Texas Tesla? I'm not sure if I co-signed that one. Uh, 29, 32, 54, and the lowest of us four have him at 59. Who has him at 59? You? Nope. That he's would be. NFC, he's an NFC South running back. That would be probably, MG probably my me, guy right? Marcus Gray. The homer? The homer. What? What? <laughs> Yeah, you got him at 59, the lowest ranking. Fight on. <laughs> uh, I, I love I love his opportunity. I do. The reason uh, I the reason I bring it up though is because of us four. There's nobody who has seen more Rojo than you. Right. I mean, I love the opportunity. I love what what he could do potentially there in Tampa. I still worry about that offense as a whole. I still worry about you know Jameis turning it over. I still worry about you know right now this offense is still built around Jameis Winston and it's around trying to move the football through the air and I think that that's sort of my concern there with that with that group there I think I think this is not an indictment of Jones's ability I just think it's it's more for me a comment on how I think they're going to use him I've got him as my RB 27 right now um you know and so I I think he's a I think he's a a solid RB 2 RB 3 for you at some point um, but I'm just I'm just cautious about exactly what his work rate could be within the, the framework of that Tampa offense. And right now, coaches' report came out today, actually, or maybe it was yesterday, that uh, Rojo and Peyton Barber are going to be splitting. Stop it with I your know. Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber played well that, down the stretch for them, though. By the way, I love that Marcus used work rate. Work like rate? That? Work rate, yeah. Like I'm, I'm inceptioning yeah. everybody with that <laughs> That's good. You know, the, the thing with Ronald Jones yes. is the same thing with Sam Darnold, that when these two guys get unleashed on the NFL, they're going to be so good, and we're going to realize how poorly <laughs> how poorly coached Chris, Chris Helton is. Clay Helton. Quali- Clay Helton. Whatever. Chris Helton. <laughs> I don't even care for his name. Uh, I won't even condescend to know your first name, Clay. Unbelievable. Which, incidentally, is my middle name. Oh, is it? <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I Shut. think both these guys, Ronald Jones especially, I, I think right. he's a, a great player who just – we see this a lot where guys come out and get drafted in second round or wherever they're – you know, you're like, whoa, what, what – what was the story? Why was this guy not great in, in Alvin Kamara? Alvin Kamara being the most recent example of that. And I'm confident in Ronald Jones and think that he's going to have a good opportunity. But I, but there is obviously some reservations because of yeah. Dirk Cutter. And, you know, 
he still burned me when he was the Sun Devils coach, so I still have a little. <laughs> he goes from Clay Helton to Dirk Cutter, so it's oh, not yeah, necessarily so a great upgrade. That's true. I'm just saying. The nice That's thing true. is, though, just is saying. Rojo had no space to work in at USC. They didn't target him as a pass catcher a lot, and that offensive line was abysmal. It was pretty rough. But now he's going in an offense with a legitimate quarterback, <laughs> I just, three I, legitimate I, I, threats outside. I, I don't buy this. I I do not buy the narrative that he he ran behind a porous offensive line. Did you, there you are, watch those games, bro? Did they have four and five star recruits, three deep on the offensive they don't, line, and they it, don't translate. And I, I, I agree the that they didn't translate, but don't tell me that these guys were bums like. Yeah, I agree Sometimes that I agree that are. I agree that the coach, Sometimes the coaching those star staff, ratings kind of shaky. Uh, that's and fine. A lot changes from the hey, time listen, they're rated hey, out of high school. That's so fine. I, I understand. Ed, Ed I Anderson. I totally understand. I you totally can't get it. Prospect out of Chino Hills High School <laughs> goes to UCLA. I totally. I, I remember this. Guy but you got to understand, they're three deep with these guys. Like the talent level was there. I agree. The coaching certainly was bad. No question, it was bad. But he, it, he's not running behind, you know, perhaps, perhaps a below-average line. Perhaps the other defenses in the Pac-12 should have been alerted to the star ratings of the USC linemen. <laughs> yes, maybe then they would. Have, maybe then they would have stopped smashing Ronald Jones three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Disagree. Had only they known. <laughs> Disagree. There were all those star, high-star recruits. All right, let's burn through some of these other guys that uh, we have some wide variants on. Um, and we'll, we'll go relatively rapid fire here because we're running a little bit long. We'll start with Jay Ajayi. I've got him all the way up at number 18 overall. The lowest ranking uh, among us four here is Adam Rank at 61. Um, my, my whole thing with Jay Ajayi right now is that, look, the Eagles offense, they've got a great offense. Um, and, and LeGarrette Blunt's gone. He's going to have an entire offseason to get acclimated with the offense as well. I mean, he was walking in off the street and ripping off 50-yard touchdown runs. So um, what is an entire offseason going to look like for Jay Ajayi playing a great offense? I'm really excited about the opportunities there. And, and I love Corey Clement. I love like Corey, Corey Clement doesn't scare you, huh? I love him. I absolutely love him. And, again, if if I'm a guy that's taking Ajayi, I absolutely want to target Corey Clement later in my draft as well. Um, but just as of right now, I love the opportunity that Ajayi is facing right now. Fair enough. They brought in Matt Jones, though. So all of that is negated. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about – White guy blinking. I know, seriously. Uh, Let's talk about Aaron Jones there in Green Bay. There's a lot of – you know, is he going to be the starter? Is Jamal Williams going to be the starter? What's going to be happening there in the backfield? Who will claim the starting role in Green Bay? Of course, Alex Gelhar has Aaron Jones ranked the highest among us four at 47. MG, my guy Marcus Grant has him all the way down, almost out of the top 200. My God. I just don't know, what to, do. I just don't know what to do with the Packers' backfield. Right. It's because I, who's going to start? Like, who's I just don't. Start? I, I, I have no idea what to do with it. And I think that's fair. <laughs> right. And I'm admittedly probably a little higher on him than I should be, although rank does, isn't too far behind me no. and you're not far. MG no. and Fabs both have him in the 100-plus territory. Right. Uh I just think when uh, Jamal Williams was great down the stretch, but he didn't even sniff the field when Ty Montgomery was pseudo healthy and Aaron Jones was healthy. Like when Ty Montgomery got nicked up, Aaron Jones was the next guy that came in, and the change in that offense was remarkable. Like go back and watch that Dallas game before Rodgers got injured. It was a completely different Packers offense with Jones in the backfield. And right now, this is just one that I feel from the evidence we have on tape, the, the praise we've heard, yeah, Mike McCarthy's still like, oh, Ty Montgomery's trying to stay healthy, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, I Are think – really still trying to sell that narrative? There, he yeah. was talking about it in press no. conferences already. Yep, Come on. Yep. 
So I think there's just enough evidence that we can bet well enough that Aaron Jones is going to win out this competition. I mean, this could all change in training camp in the preseason. Right. But right now, he's the most electric back. He's the most elusive. He looked like the most complete when he came in there. And the offense took a market shift upwards when the, the, in the backfield. The major concern with Aaron Jones last season was the fact that his pass protection was just not up to snuff. Jamal Williams, uh, clearly a better pass protector, but... With the ball in their hands, not even close. Aaron Jones was electric. Jamal Williams was. Um, as I had thought he was going to be coming out of BYU, more of a plotter. He uh, needed – Jamal Williams was good in fantasy when he got, like, 30 touches a, billion a game. Touches. Like and when, when, he was, like yeah. when he was good at pro, though. <laughs> I mean, his – yeah, I mean, his, his metrics weren't very good at all. But that being said, pass protection – a big-time thing there, especially if when you, you got Aaron If you can't protect number 12, yeah, no. you're not going to be yeah, playing you're not a lot. The field. So that's why I think Jamal Williams yeah. is still a nicer pick in later rounds because if Jones whiffs on a bunch of protection right. or he had a knee injury last sure, year, sure, sure. Williams has proven as a workhorse, and that was with Brett Hundley. If Williams is the workhorse with Aaron Rodgers under center, might even be a little bit better. The one I'm not high on at all is Ty Montgomery in this group. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Just the injuries no. and the way Forget these it. two no. youngsters played. Nope. nope, not gonna happen. Larry Fitzgerald, wide receiver at Arizona. Uh, Alex Gilhar, you got him at 18. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, you got him at 52. Uh, we'll start with you, Alex Gilhar. I'm just done doubting or wringing my hands on Larry Fitzgerald at this <laughs> right, point. Right. Exactly. Like he's one of those guys so where good. every year I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like, man, this year it's probably not going to be as good. Hundred catches, eleven hundred yards, six touchdowns. Next year, man, his quarterback change that got these other wide receivers it's might crazy, not be as man. good. Hundred and four catches, eleven hundred yards, five touchdowns. He was the wide receiver four last right. year in PPR. And the wide receiver four. Right. And right. And right what? now they have they've got two answers under center. They've got Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen. They don't yeah. have anybody else around him really like they have some promise there's jj nelson chad williams uh who'd they get christian, christian kirk, kirk in the draft right but what is honestly going to happen larry fitzgerald's going to be running the slot he's going to be open they're going to pepper him he's going to get eight to nine catches a game 70 plus yards a couple touchdowns like i'm just it's at the point where until yeah. the tires actually fall off or larry yeah. fitzgerald hangs up the cleats okay. i'm just done doubting him wow. where I thought did I you have him 18 overall He's wow. like firmly in that wide receiver two territory for me. So I've just in my my updated rankings, which yeah, probably after this podcast comes out, I've moved him up to thirty eight overall. That's good. Um, I mean, for a lot of the same reasons. I think you know, I he's going to get plenty of opportunity. He's going to be fine. He'll be Larry Fitzgerald yet again, yeah. whether it's Bradford or Rosen or whomever. So yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've bumped him up a little bit. Um, eighteen. I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah, I feel fine with him. I feel it's, fine with him. It's not a sexy, sexy uh, pick by any means. Taking Larry Fitzgerald, Solid, but though. I have him. Right, I have him right above the crop of wide receivers like Adam Thielen, uh, Stephon Diggs, Doug Baldwin, mm-hmm. uh, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, the Detroit guys, the Denver guys. Like that group where there's a more clear split, and like it wouldn't surprise me if any of those guys did outscore Larry Fitzgerald. Right. You just know what you're getting with Fitz, yeah. and I feel I really comfortable saying. taking him in that I spot. Marlon Mack, I've got him all the way down at 181. Adam Rank. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, He's gonna. Who's gonna take Mar- the? Jo- who's gonna take the job? Either 30? of the day three backs they took this. Would you give up on Josh Ferguson? <laughs> <laughs> Adam Rank has him at 53. Why? Outcry. Why? I don't understand. Why? I don't understand what I'm missing. It's the it's the running backs that they drafted. Um, I mean, again. They're still talking about Robert Turbin being there as well. You know what the major thing for me was? It's it's. Um, I guess I'm not exactly sure he's going to be the starter. Also coming off of shoulder surgery this offseason. Yeah, he just had shoulder shoulder surgery. <laughs> easy for, for me to say, say right? right? Wow, we yeah, said yeah, that yeah. like in uh, stereo. 
Uh, he just he's just coming off of shoulder surgery. Um, his metrics last year were just abysmal. Um, and I get that the offensive line there in Indianapolis not great. It's also his fault though. He loves Wait, bouncing it outside. What? Do you get that the offensive line was terrible last year? I, I, Did I, you I watch Jacoby Brissett run for his life? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, dropped back. And but I, you're dismissing and, and I, him. And I also like, and I also looked at the numbers. That's what I did. Oh. That's what I'm saying yeah. is that yards gained before not, close. Colts were one of the worst. In the if league. you're gonna, if you're gonna ding him, yes, be like, oh, he wasn't that great last year, and be like, well, you know, I mean, I I get that their offensive line was like, no, obviously you don't. No, no. The only reason he wasn't good was because that offensive line was <laughs> abysmal. Also not true. Also, oh, not true. stop it. Not <laughs> sure I buy that. You go uh, look. <laughs> Look at the numbers. I did. He's in. Find my... me the tape. Okay. <laughs> He's in, in my the audio. <laughs> he had below average uh, yards gained after close. His offensive line certainly did not help him. But yeah, his metrics were terrible. He's in my I want to believe tier because if He's the, things uh, come a together, great athlete, no question. Super huge upside. But he was a day three pick. They took two I, more day three picks. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there there are guys there. Um, what, what's that guy's name? Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines or whatever it is uh, that are Hines. also – Hines is a phenomenal athlete as well. That's so, cool. And if I have reason to change this ranking, then I'll change it. <laughs> okay. Why are you flaming me right now, because pal? Because he's in full heel mode. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Marlon Mack at 181, again, just because I, I don't know, um, again, his health. That's and, full heel mode. Okay. I'm actually trying to be. You You're know, being the face. No, I'm trying to have some foresight okay. and trying to project. Yeah. And not sitting there and being like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hot take him down to 181. I'm not, that's not a hot take, uh, pal. Shoulder, scorching. A shoulder okay. injury is a sneaky bad one for a running back, though, because it's they're, fine. they're like not their quarterback wanna... doesn't throw either, so they're fine. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's hey, got this. He's, he by the way, have, he doesn't have the worst shoulder on that team. The oh. last time, right? Hey, listen, the last time the Colts told me a guy had a shoulder injury and was gonna be fine for week one, <laughs> how right. did that turn out? Fair enough. All right. So All that's right. that's true. So June 1st, when my when my newly <laughs> redone list. Yeah. Because I don't listen. I don't yeah. I don't change these you know. daily. Because I want it to sit there and I want people to be able want to, it to, it, want it to it. live for a minute. Be like, hey, hey remember yeah. when you had Marlon Mack as the RB26? Lols. <laughs> Is NFL hiring? Uh, they're not. <laughs> you'd like to submit your resume anyways. Please feel free. Does NFL need a writer? Nope. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Amari Cooper. Uh, I didn't know where the hell to put Amari Cooper. I have him at 44. I'm the highest of the group here. Alex, you all heard you have him at 92. I, I don't know what the hell to do with Amari Cooper. We, it's funny. Some You have him in the 40s. Fabs has him in the 50s. Rank has him in the 60s. Marcus has him at 79, so right on the 70s and 80s. And I have him in the in the low 90s. I just don't know what to do. I, I have no idea. Uh, no clue. Yeah. I mean, look, you could talk me into putting him at 100. I, I Honestly, yeah, absolutely could. I, I just don't know what to do. The biggest wild card should in this put whole him at thing, dude. Might okay. be, uh, sure. might be John Gruden. Yes. And like, what this offense exactly is going to be? What's it going to look he like? Old enough for John Gruden. <laughs> That's also the thing. He might not be. I mean, they want to run the ball. This means Jordy Nelson gets all of the targets because they want to run the ball. Mature enough to, to handle the. Oakland's going to want to run the ball, hundred percent. They're certainly going to, and they added Jordy Nelson, and they added Martavis Bryant, so. Where does Amari Cooper slot in? I was talking to Harmon about this. Are they going to put, you know, Martavis Bryant out at the X and let Amari be the flanker and play off the line a little bit? Jordy's got to be in the slot. Are they going to, or are they going to screw it up and put Jordy outside and think they still do that? Like, how are the targets going to break down from these guys? John Gruden's a wild card. How's Derek Carr's back? We don't know. That's why I don't. That's why I can't put Amari Cooper any higher. All right, there you like, go. Like wide receiver is deep this year. There are a lot of good guys. Yeah, man. In in good roles that like. 
like a couple guys like that we're not talking about enough, I don't think, in fantasy in general, like uh, Kenny Stills, Richard Matthews, Paul Michael Richardson. Crabtree, Chris Hogan. I know you're high on Paul Richardson. You made him the first Washington receiver, I think, in our mock. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't know what the hell's going there, on. There are a lot of good guys in good spots that could have really good production, and to take that, to take Amari Cooper over them really just makes my skin crawl at this it, point. It's funny, too, because you mentioned even uh, last year's bust, Terrell Pryor, um, he goes to the Jets, and, and you know you figure Robbie Anderson is probably going to see some kind of you know suspension or or discipline from the league. Uh, who's there? Who's there in New York? Jermaine Curse. Jermaine Curse. Quincy Anunua. I, I mean, Terrell Pryor certainly will have an opportunity to compete, uh, to be not only a starter but maybe even a potentially number one guy. I, I love him as you know if you're taking him in the double digit rounds, and I think that's where he's going to go. He's going to go in the 11th, 12th round, and prior sign saying? me up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on over there. I think Cooper's a fine dart throw as we get later in the draft. Yeah, There's just right. so much uncertainty. It's also because like, we've seen his the heights of the heights with him, but yeah. we've also seen a scary, oh scary floor oh this yeah. past year. No, you're right. No, you're right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to readjust. And and all of those all of that data we had previously basically throw it out because now John Gruden's the head coach. It's a good point. So it's uh, well, and, and now you mix in two other wide receivers as well, Jordy yep. and Martavis Bryant. I mean, these guys are going to get looks as well. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper has shown that uh, maybe he's Seth not that. Roberts is undoubtedly going to get 10 <laughs> red zone looks again. I don't think so. No, I'm just kidding. Not in this Jordy's going to steal those Not in now. this offense, I don't think Seth Roberts will. <laughs> I can't wait until Seth Roberts <laughs> catches a touchdown inside the 20 in week one and <laughs> fantasy, fantasy Twitter has a meltdown. Yeah, it's going to be. Terrible. I, I have to readjust to Mark Cooper. You're right. I think you talked me off of him at four. Well, that's, that's too high. There. Hooray! I didn't know we were trying to do that. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hey, listen, this stuff is fluid, man. Nah, it's very fluid. It's fluid, baby. Let's go. All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daps, daps, daps. Now we're talking about dog bites and dipping. Daps, 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, this movie's for you. Degenerate art. Godzilla is down there. This is why I love this group of guys. We're like, whirlwind. There it goes. Boom. Daily dap time. We'll start with you, Adam Rank. What? That's right. I don't really have anything planned. So here are my six people that to recognize. Crap. I mean, I think, you know, Mike Trout goes without saying, who's been absolutely murdering the ball. I hope, I feel bad, and I'm sure Mookie Betts is probably still playing well, but I feel bad for the Boston Herald or Globe or whatever, who's like, is, is Mookie Betts better than Mike Trout? No. Answer He's hitting like 500 over the last month. I think you He's daily dapped this last time, by the way. Good. So then there it is. Okay. Uh, I would like to recognize Matt Franciscovich. The yep. franchise. The franchise. Uh, franchise doing, no. doing great work uh, with a uh, with uh, a great with Madden, team with the Madden with the Madden. Over there at folks. EA. Over at EA, uh, I'm huge. I still love, even though um, you know I don't have that show anymore. Okay. Uh, still love Madden. Still love all the guys. Young Kiv. Let's give a little dap to him for uh, taking the uh, most recent Madden championship. Cool mm. dude. Um, so I'm enjoying following along with franchise and seeing him become part of that culture and bringing his uh schwad of eve to the uh to the madden community is that a real word oh. i don't think so oh, okay but i'm just gonna use it i like it so uh i, I really like appreciate it. it i i really appreciate it and i i know that they really embrace people who come over from the nfl who are a part of the league and now are part of the madden community because uh, it brings it a, a little bit more um prestige and a little bit more yeah, no uh, doubt of everything like that, out of the best words. Uh, but anyway, so I appreciate him doing it. You have and all my, of the best words. And my, I do, yeah. I really do. And my final one will be uh, on the on the on the day that this is being recorded. It's a Wednesday. Yes. 
It is the 58th birthday of Tony Gwynn. That's right. One mm-hmm. of the best baseball players of all time. One Indeed. of the best players um, I can remember ever seeing. I, re- I do. The, the first interleague game the Angels ever played, uh, they played host to the Padres. Okay. And I made sure that I uh, got a seat down the right field line so I was able to sit there. I could have – you know, I've seen him a couple times, but watching games at – the old Qualcomm Stadium was not ideal for baseball, but being there at Angel Stadium, just being and seeing him up close, it was like, wow, this is one of the greatest dudes who's ever done this ever. And no I don't think that there's anybody, even with Albert Pujols, just recently getting 3,000 hits and, and props to him. And, and anti-props to Bill Plaschke for your ridiculous <laughs> – it's time to retire, guys. Wow. But this is about Tony Gwynn, one Good of the Lord. best of all time. Uh, He's coming in with flamethrowers over here. Wish he was still with us. Wish he was still on yeah. the bench at San Diego State. Indeed. And all that stuff. So That was um, cool when he went back. It was cool. You know they, what I mean? And they, you know what's funny about that is uh, I go on and do uh, hits on this radio station in San Diego with Tony Gwynn Jr. Mm. And the first time I went on, I said, I don't really feel great about this because, okay. Tony, you signed a letter of intent – to go to Cal State Fullerton, and yet I never saw you at Goodwin Field <laughs> with that sweet swing of yours. <laughs> and then he's like, well, you know, there was this thing about my dad coaching San Diego State. With, uh, like, nope. Not good enough. No, no. Not good enough. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so okay. it adapts to him, and that's all I got. Producer Christina, what you got? Um, well, have what you guys ever been got? to downtown uh, – Smorgasbord, L.A. Yes, I love I, that. For the first time, went last Sunday, and it was. That's the one awesome. where it's in that. Uh, it's like in a real industrial. Yeah. And then there's all these food trucks and such, yep. and yep. Uh, they got like little arts and crafts things too. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool the way they set it up because they have it's like a whole bunch of like rundown warehouses that they've now taken over and made really cool. Um, and yeah, they had a bunch of food trucks of all these like trendy places around LA that you right. normally wouldn't get to go to, but sure. like now the, you have the opportunity. Um, it was awesome. They had like really cool craft beer too. And, um, yeah, it was a really cool place. There you go. Smorgasbord LA. Go check it out. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what you got? Uh, you know, over the weekend I took uh, a little bit of a road trip, drove up to uh, Pismo beach okay. from here. Not a bad drive, but always want to have something to listen to. And I came across just via a random Google search, a podcast called Lime Town. Um, Limetown. I'm I am into radio dramas and that sort of thing, and this is it's it's fictional, um, but it's kind of a sci-fi thing. It's basically the premise of it being there was a town, a lime town in Tennessee, uh, where weird scientific experiments were going on, and all of a sudden, randomly one day, everyone in the town vanished without a trace. Mm. And so it's the story of uh, you know what happened to those you know 350 folks or whatever it is that lived in Limetown, Tennessee. It's really interesting. It's really well really well done. Um, I guess there's talks of doing a second season sometime in the very near future. But uh, it's a great, especially if you're in the car, uh, you know, on a, on a long drive. It's a it's a nice podcast to just kind of you know pass the time with. Alex Gelhar, the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin. A uh, couple things. Finally started watching The Handmaid's Tale season one. Okay. Uh, I'm almost through it. Uh, Intense. Really, really, really good. Intense, dark. Uh, I loved the book, and uh, I thought it was a really interesting world to bring to the screen, but I was curious how they were going to do it for multiple seasons because if you read the book, it's much more like closed in in its scope, and I was oh, like, I how are they going to pair that out for like a, a couple seasons? But the way they've been expanding in the crazy dystopian world that uh, Margaret Atwood envisioned it has been really interesting so far. Cool. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, another Daily Dap goes to the book I'm reading right now, which Ayo. is fantastic. It's called Red Notice. Uh, the 
teases, it's at Red Notice, a true story of high finance, murder, and one man's fight for justice. It's about this guy. His name is uh, Bill Browder. He was the founder and CEO of Hermitage Capital Management, and he was the largest foreign investor in Russia until 2005. Uh, since 2009, when his lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky, which you might recognize, it's a name that's been in the news a lot because they formed it. There was an act made after it called the Magnitsky <laughs> Act. Uh, he was murdered in prison after uncovering a $230 million fraud committed by the Russian government. Uh, this guy, Bill Browder, has been leading a campaign to expose Russia's uh, endemic corruption and human rights abuses. So he, like, when he was much younger, found uh, ways to get in after the fall of Soviet Russia and they were, you know, the financial system looked way different over there. He was able to get in at the right time and make a bunch of money for his clients and as a result ended up taking out a bunch of oligarchs and things like that and that led to his lawyer getting killed and now he's trying to, like, fight back against everything over there. And it's it's fascinating. I mean, it's a true story and it reads like a page-turning John Grisham thriller. It's it's a really, really good book. And then the last dap, real quickly. Here we go goes to this little boy named Austin Perrine, Pirine. I don't know how to pronounce it, um, but there's a feature on him done on CBS Evening News, and he's a little four-year-old kid. Um, I forget what city he lives in. Do you remember you watched it with me, too? Or uh, Birmingham. Oh, Birmingham. He lives in Birmingham. And uh, he and his dad were, like, watching a TV show, and uh, it was about how, like, I think pandas or some some sort of creature would be abandoned by their parents at, at when they were young, and then his dad said, oh, now the, the – animals are homeless so the kid was like what's homeless mean so his dad explained to him what homelessness meant okay and now every week uh instead of keeping his allowance he has his dad or mom take him to a local store and they buy chicken sandwiches and drinks and he goes out in a cape and gives them to all the homeless people in birmingham and it's a incredibly heartwarming story and uh he calls himself the president uh austin and the kid is adorable and it's super inspiring and heartwarming at the time where you kind of need stories like this yeah. I, had, I had retweeted it so you can find it on my twitter timeline or just search for uh president perrine on twitter and you can find all about it and apparently now like uh his story went viral and they're trying to help create a shelter in the area from people wanting to pour that's on awesome, support man. and financial things so that's it's awesome. a really really cool story of this inspiring little four-year-old kid that's with cool. a, a heart way 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 bigger than his probably you know 40 pound body should be able to hold uh, breaking news. Uh-oh. Seattle and Brandon Marshall. Uh, Brandon Marshall visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Adam Schefter reporting that. Like, there. just to say what's up? Or is uh, he, like, no, trying to get a job? No, no, no. The, they're, they're kicking tires on 34-year-old. coffee? <laughs> stopping, stopping at Mike's place, uh, chucking the fish? Marshall and Adam Schefter says they could be a good fit for each other. So how you like that? Um, I will daily dap uh, Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. Yes. Uh, this is America, his uh, video that came out. Wow. Holy hell. Powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, a good song, too. Uh, but, man, that was. Video is uh, incredible. Oh, my God. Talk about artistic. That's artistic, man. That is art. Visual art. Uh, Donald Glover has it down. So Marcus and I were saying this while we're on the Donald Glover topic, but, like, how can like one man be so stop being good at everything that's and talented? Saying. Like that's not cool. He started he started out in comedy. That's not cool. Like, like leave some for the rest of us, bro. <laughs> now he's he's writing and directing and comedy and drama. He's starring as Lando. He's an amazing musician and like undaps like, to that writer at, at uh, Deadspin. There's a guy at Deadspin who, for whatever reason, says uh, Donald Glover proves that you only need to be okay at a bunch of stuff. Wow. To be considered good at everything. Mm. Wow. Bro. Yeah. What? Yeah. Stop. Stop. This dude is amazing. His stand-up specials were hilarious. He was hilarious on Community. Yeah. Atlanta is an amazing show. Good actor. Good actor. Great writer. His music is fantastic. Great musician. Stop it. 
Stop it. Stop the hate. Stop the hate. Uh, final Daily Dap here will go to uh, Mother's Day. Yay. Uh, we're going to be po- we're podcasting on a Wednesday. Mother's Day is uh, coming up on Sunday. So, uh, you know, just um, want to give a preemptive Daily Dap out uh, for Mother's Day. Uh, not my own particular mother, but uh, my wife, who is a mom to a beautiful four-year-old daughter. Um to our beautiful four-year-old daughter, and um, and yeah, so just uh, daily daps to her for putting up with all my shenanigans and my stuff. <laughs> uh, she is a saint. Uh, you guys have all met. We have. Mm-hmm. Have you met my wife, Adam Rick? That seems weird. <laughs> I feel weird as question. if I feel. No, as actually. <laughs> oh my god. Why I was is that like, a weird question? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, he caught me off guard because yes. I couldn't think of the answer. Uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't believe. I feel that. like I have, but I because these two these two clowns met her at the franchise wedding. Right, 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 right. But was she there for no, Vegas? I don't think so. Not um, for, I don't no, no, no. Either way. Because the last time I was at your house, yes, I was just dropping you off. That's right. I did not go inside. Yeah, that's true. Well, I you've so. been you've been to the Comisile? I have. A name I just I coined. Oh, I yeah, love that. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, buddy. I'm going to look through your Word docs. You have that written down. Too. No, I just <laughs> thought of it. I just thought of it right uh, now. Nope. Right. We appropriate James's name uh, oh, to everything. I, can I say something, too? Yes, please. I didn't realize. I want to dap the Colorado Rocky fans. Because they actually think that there's some vibrant fan base who are famous. Bro, Rocktober. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's incredible. Cause the Angels, Rocktober, baby. The Angel. you would figure because the, the worst fans in hockey are, of course, the Divalanche fans. So you just figure it would <laughs> extend over wow. to college. Like, I didn't even think of it because, like, wow. some kid on Twitter was like, I didn't realize the Angels had fans. And I'm like, bro, I forget that you guys have a baseball team. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, like, where you're getting this information. <laughs> and then one guy's like, I was at Disneyland and I saw more Diamondback fans. And I'm like, first of all, that's stupid. That did not happen. <laughs> I can't like I worked at Disneyland. Yeah. I everyone's got the answer. I still have I still have family that works there. Yeah. I'm a AH, AHP. Is, is, is that also supposed APH. to? Is that APH. supposed to prove that APH. there aren't a lot of Angels fans because they didn't That's wear a, their gear to Disneyland? Seems or something? like, yeah. a, like yeah. it was the dumbest, inaccurate. Uh, I just was like, and I was already, you know, heated from the Angels okay, losing okay. that game. All right, there you go. Great show we had but today. Anyways, props to them. Uh, great show. <laughs> props to them. Uh, great show we had today. We appreciate you listening. For Adam Rank, producer Christina, and my guy Marcus Grant, and of course the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Kellogg. I am James Go. We'll catch you next Wednesday. Peter Divesberg. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. 
Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.